Hello, I'm Jennifer Watts. I'm a friend who likes having friends. On the You Too, Me Too podcast, we talk about friendships, the hows and whys of connecting with others, hear some wisdom from friends, and maybe choose a friendship challenge to try. On this episode, you will learn about the five languages of apology You'll also hear from my friend Heather about her group and what they named it. And you'll get to choose a friendship challenge to try. So today I thought I'd share uh, from the book, The Five Languages of Apology. You know how sometimes um, when we're in relationship with people, we have friends, different friends from different times, different places. And sometimes, you know, we get out of step and we need to apologize. I found what this book had to say really interesting and useful. So I'm just going to share the highlights. Of course, you can get the book, read the book and find out more. But I'll just give you the gist of it and um, see what you think. So the five languages of apology is written by Dr. Gary Chapman and Jennifer Thomas. Now, some of you might recognize the name Gary Chapman because he's the fellow who wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. In that book, he talks about how each of us communicates our love and receives love based on five different languages. Um, Those five languages are words of affirmation, physical touch, gift giving, acts of service, and quality time. And in that book, he talks about how we appreciate all the love languages, but we each feel more loved by one of those in particular, or maybe two. It also is the language we give of love to others. Anyway, I really enjoyed that book. I learned a lot from it and have been able to apply it in many places. Um, and when he came out with this other book, um, I thought it was really exciting to uh, see how that might work with those languages. So in a similar way, um, in the five languages of apology, um, and to clarify, the updated version of that book is called When Sorry Isn't Enough, but it was originally called The Five Languages of Apology. Um, In this book, his theory is that we have five languages of apology and that we all receive the most sincere apology from one of those primary languages when it's spoken. So according to Chapman and Thomas, the five languages of apology are expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting and requesting forgiveness. And his theory is, for many of us, we have one primary language of apology uh, that really speaks to us. So I'm going to review the five um, so that we can, you know, raise our awareness about different ways to apologize, to apologize well, and um, maybe be able to spot our primary language Uh, and the ones, the primary language that works best for our loved ones, for our friends. 
So the first language is expressing regret, saying I'm sorry. This is when the apology actually includes the words I'm sorry. And while we know this is an essential element of an apology, some people really notice whether you actually say that or not. Uh, they really want to hear the I'm sorry. Language number two, accepting responsibility, saying I was wrong. Um, we can all find excuses for our poor behavior in hurting someone. We can say, oh, I was tired. Ah, oh, but you were made me mad by such and such. Yeah, we can all make those excuses, but whatever the reason, it doesn't change the fact that we actually hurt the other person. Um, accepting responsibility might feel a little bit like saying I'm sorry, but it's bigger, it's better. Um, so not, I'm sorry I hurt you, but I'm sorry I was wrong to yell at you is much more powerful. Language number three is making restitution. Saying, I know I really hurt you. Sometimes saying sorry and taking responsibility uh, for our own actions isn't good enough. Sometimes we need to make restitution. Um, sometimes it's like with a kid, let's say a kid stole a toy from another kid. We would teach them to apologize, uh, but we would also teach them that they need to return or replace the toy that was stolen. Um, when we're adults and we've hurt a friend, then restitution might be more about reassuring that person that they are loved. The damage of an angry word or a betrayal comes from the original belief that that person cares for me. And why would they have done that if they didn't care for me? They must not care for me, hence the hurt. So making restitution in that case is showing them love. And uh, it fits that Gary Chapman would suggest that we show them love in their primary love language, which is from the Five Love Languages book. Language number four, genuinely repenting, saying, how can I make it better? So the word repentance means to turn around or change one's mind. So if you're apologizing, it loses its sincerity if there's no assurance given that you're not going to do it again. So for some, a sincere apology requires that the person verbalizes their desire to never hurt you that way again, and maybe even make a plan to ensure that that situation won't happen again. And language five, requesting forgiveness, saying, will you forgive me? This is a, sort of a, a big element of an apology um, that can be the hardest. But for many people, it's also the most important. Chapman says, requesting that someone free you from the guilt of your offense is a powerful thing and will ultimately set both people free from hard feelings. Basically, asking for forgiveness is hard. It can mean accepting the possibility of rejection, and it means admitting failure. 
Likewise, it's difficult for many of us to forgive because it often means relinquishing our sense of justice. Despite the difficulty, the term, will you forgive me, has proven for many people to be the secret to healing and renewing a relationship. So just some ideas, some thoughts on apologizing and apologizing well in the hopes that we can maintain the relationships that really support us, whether that's your friends, your spouse, your coworkers. Um, let's try and up our apology game. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. I really like uh, his books. Okay, so this is where I have a friend share. And I asked my good friend, Heather, if she would share about her group uh, that she had told me had a cool name. So here she is. Hey, Jen, it's Heather. I loved your podcast about naming your group. Me and my girlfriends, we call ourselves the Hype Squad. We're all cycle bar instructors, and it's really important that we bring the energy to each and every class. So our group started out exclusive. It wasn't intentional, but it just happened to be that way. After listening to your podcast, I want to have a U-shaped group so that anyone who wants to be part of that hype, anyone who wants to bring the energy and bring the fun can definitely join. So Heather, you said that you work at a cycle bar. What is a cycle bar? Yeah, Cycle Bar is an indoor cycle studio where a bunch of people come together, we ride bikes, we listen to good music, we sweat a lot, and we have a ton of fun. The bar in Cycle Bar comes from the arm bar that we use during one of the songs to get an upper body workout so that we can say it's a full body experience. Personally, I love the workout, but more importantly, I love the community. When I moved from BC to California a couple years ago, this was actually my strategy to get friends. Thank you so much, Heather. You're just the best. I love the strategy for making friends, joining an existing club or group, and the fact you're working on making it a U-shaped group, and the cool name. You're just all over it. Thanks for sharing. Love ya. Okie dokie, it's time for a friendship challenge. Do I decide to do the cool idea Jen's going to give me and become a better friend, a more fun friend? Or do I say, no, not this time? <laughs> okay, so friendship challenge. Decide together with a friend or with friends something that you can make together. Now, depending on where, when you're listening to this and what time in history we're at, um, tweak it. Tweak it what works for you. Right now, we're still in social distancing mode. Uh, so, agree on something you and a friend or you and friends could make together. I'm going to give you a couple of real-life examples. Uh, a group of seniors that I know are all uh, making blankets but they are making them one square at a time they're knitting so they've agreed upon the size of the squares they get together once a week to knit and as they create these squares they make blankets and they'll be giving those away so group of friends getting together all making something 
Another example uh, is my friend Wendy. She had she was part of making a video that was made up of all sorts of little clips of videos that all the friends submitted for a common friend's birthday. They weren't able to have the disco party and all wear red that they wanted to do because of the social distancing rules. Uh, so as a result, they came up with something uh, really that will last a lifetime. And they all submitted short little videos and together made one big video for the birthday girl who turned 40. Shout out to Kelly McLeod. I bet you wanted me to do that. Uh, so get together, make something, tell me about it. I'd love to hear. And so would the other listeners. Well, that's it for episode nine. I'd love to hear from you if you've tried any of the friendship challenges and how they went, or if you have any questions, drop me a line. You can find me on Instagram at u2.me2 or send me an email at u2me2 at shaw.ca. I'd like to thank my friend Heather for being so cool and staying in such good touch all the way from California. And uh, also thank you to my son, Ansley Jacob, for the podcast's original music. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell a friend. Subscribing doesn't cost anything, and it'll make sure that you get notice of the next episode when it's up. This has been You Too, Me Too, and I'm Jennifer Watts. We'll touch base again next Tuesday. Thank you for being a friend. I know that a lot of us... Oh, that was loud. That was... Okay, we recorded all that.